Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning on Zoom. It's great to see you. Hey, the youth at the back, good to see you. Nice to hear your voices. And Miles, yeah, raise your hand. Yes, good. Um, turn in your Bibles, please, to 1 Corinthians chapter 5. And um, we're continuing this series. I was thinking this morning, as we're going to be looking at a chapter regarding sin coming into the church. And um, I was thinking this morning, is this relevant to what we're going through? Like, surely I should talk about something that's like, I don't know. I mean, last week I spoke about spiritual depression. And um, I think that's uh, important. I think it's something that many are struggling with for, for lots of reasons. And one of them is to do with just not relate, not being close to people. And, and we, we as human beings are designed to be in close relationships. And that plays on us. But also fear, worry, and post-Christmas blues, right? All the lights come down and you know, it's all, your, your house is a bit bare and all the joy, we're expecting all those presents. You've eaten too much Christmas cake and um, you know, make post-Christmas blues as well. Maybe got out routines and things like that. So I spoke about spiritual depression last week and yeah, please do. I encourage you, do look at those blogs because I think it's relevant to all of us. Um, thanks, Jem, for your kind words about that. But today, as we look at these words about sin in the church, I was thinking, is this relevant? Shouldn't I talk about something a bit more touchy-feely, like, oh, you know, comfort, comfort, come to me, all of my weary and, you know, whatever. And it dawned on me that this is the case. When we are under pressure, we are most vulnerable to sin. So when we are fearful, when we anticipate or worry or concerned about, and we're under pressure, maybe we're exhausted and tired, then you are most vulnerable to making silly decisions. Amen? Amen. You, you, you know, you, you think, why did I do that? And oftentimes, it's because you're exhausted and tired and vulnerable. And I could talk about various things about the way that the human, humans work. But when we are exhausted and lacking sleep, tired and run down and, and dejected and fearful and worried, we are open to demonic activity. You know, the devil is at work amongst us in our lives. The devil's at work to discourage us. The devil's at work to divide us. The devil's at work to break us apart. And this situation that we're going through will either bring us together with one another and with God, or it will break us apart. Challenge, like heat in a furnace, purifies. It purifies or it burns up. And challenge, and the, if, we, if I can say something positive about what we're going through right now, because God is always working all things together for? Good, yeah? Hands up if God is working all things together for good for you, yeah? That's good. It's true. And remember what that's followed by. Shall anything separate us from the love of God? Your trouble, hardship, nakedness, whatever that means. Danger, sword, nothing. 
So, and we could add coronavirus in there as well. However you, however you pronounce Omicron. Omicron, as I heard you saying earlier, Adam. Omicron. Is it Omicron or Omicron? Omni Omicron. What would you say? Omi is, it, is it Omicron or Omicron? What, what is it? Megatron. Megatron. It's Mega. We're going to rename it. <laughs> Megatron. Yes, that's what we're going to rename it. But what we're talking about today, sin entering the church, is relevant because sin is crouching at our door in lots of forms, in lots of forms, lots of ways, particularly when we're under pressure. And you will hear through this circumstance that we're going through of Christians giving up their faith. You will hear of leaders giving up leadership. You will hear of people giving up. But you will also hear of Christians getting closer to God, closer to one another, and more in love with Jesus, and more passionate as well. The two things will go hand in hand. So this is a, this is a challenging time, but God is at work for good. So I'm talking about sin in the church. I'm going to read to you 1 Corinthians chapter 5. I'm just going to read you the whole chapter. Um, because I'm, I can't talk on all of it, so you, but, it, but it's, it's, quite, it's quite simple in some senses, but, also, but the application is where it becomes challenging. So let me read to you 1 Corinthians chapter 5. It's actually, so the, the, the title is this, how encouraging is this? Dealing with the case of incest. You didn't think you'd ever come to church, did you? And somebody from the front... Talk about incest. Yeah, it's happening this morning, okay? It's, this is how to grow a, a mega church. Talk about incest, okay? So, it's actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you. And of the kind that pagans do not even tolerate. Pagans meaning people outside the church. A man is sleeping with his father's wife, or you could say stepmother. You are proud, Shouldn't you rather have gone into mourning and have put out of your fellowship the man who has been doing this? Now, the inference there is that the man is ongoingly doing this. This is not talking about a one-off incident. This is about a lifestyle and they, as a church, are proud of the freedom that they have to do such things. And you are proud. Shouldn't you rather have gone into mourning, put out fellowship, the person who is doing this? For my part, even though I'm not physically present, I'm with you in spirit. As one who is present with you in this way, I have already passed judgment in the name of our Lord. Jesus, on the one who has been doing this. So when you are assembled, and I am with you in spirit, the power of the Lord Jesus is present. Hand this man over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, so that his spirit may be saved on the day of destruction. On the day of the Lord, sorry, the day of the Lord. When Jesus comes again, that is. Your boasting is not good. Don't you know that a little yeast or leaven works through the whole batch of dough? Get rid of the old yeast 
so that you may be the new, a new, unleavened batch, as you really are. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Therefore, let us keep the festival, not with the old bread leavened with malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. So you can see there, just in those words, the summary, a kind of a summary, isn't it? What is, what's Paul aiming at here? What's the overview? What, what, overarching, what's he aiming at? He's aiming at a church that's pure and that's living in sincerity and truth. That's what, what he's aiming for. I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people. Not at all meaning the people of this world who are immoral, or the greedy, swindlers, idolaters. In that case, you would have to leave the world. But I am writing to you that you must not associate with anyone who claims to be a brother or sister. That's a Christian. Anyone who claims to be a brother or sister, but is sexually immoral or greedy. An idolater, a slanderer, a drunkard, a swindler. Do not even eat with such people. What business is it of mine to judge those outside of the church? Are you not to judge those inside? Are you to judge those inside? Yes, you are in the inference there, isn't it? Yes, you are. We're to deal with sin in the church. We're to confront sin. We're to, we're to challenge one another with sin, about sin. God will judge those outside, expel the wicked person from among you. There we are. Lord Jesus, give us, would you speak to us this morning? Thank you, this is your word. And you've given it to us that we may be equipped and be the people that you want us to be. You are working all things together for good. Thank you that this is for our good. I pray we would all hear, those at home on Zoom, those here in the room, Holy Spirit, come and speak. Come and speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. So the main point here, we can say, is simply this, that the church is a transformed community. We're to be a community. We've been purchased by the blood of Jesus. Jesus has died for us, has saved us, has transformed us. And we're to be, a, a, be different from the world that's around us. Unfortunately, what can happen is, though, the world around us can infect the church. The culture around can change the culture within the church. It's always a danger through every generation. It's nothing new. It's the way it is. Because the church is a pilgrim people, a different people. We live in the world, but we're not of the world. Amen? And so that's what we're saying here. We're a different people, but the danger is that the culture can infect us. And we have to do what we can in wisdom to help one another to live the kind of life that Jesus calls us to, yeah? There are different levels of confrontation, aren't there? 
Most of the time, Paul is obviously dealing with a very serious issue here. And he's dealing with an ongoing issue. So we're not saying, you know, drop the bomb every time you talk to someone. Drop the bomb. Leave! Drop the bomb. You know, somebody says something, drop, you know. Most of the time, we're dealing with each other, aren't we? In, in, in just gentle ways and, and saying, come on, let's, let's, let's be together. Let's, 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 let me encourage you to trust God. Let me encourage you to, 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 to throw away fear and put on faith. Let me encourage you to put on the armour of God. Whatever you want to say, you know, let me encourage you. You're feeling tempted by that relationship. Let me encourage you. Let me pray for you. That wouldn't be good for you, would it? Is that really what you want? You know, we're encouraging each other. But there are escalations in these things. And Paul has obviously come to a point of escalation here. And, but it's rare. I mean, I don't know what your experience of pe- people being put out of the church is. But in my experience as a leader and as a church member for, for decades, I've probably experienced it twice. You may have experienced it. I don't know if you've ever experienced it. It's, it's a rare thing, thank goodness. But it is something that does happen and it's in God's word so the danger is that we're not aware that it's in God's word and when it does happen therefore we can we can be shocked it is something that elders of the church are on occasion to put people out of the church who are destructive And that's something we have to do as elders of the church, as shepherds of the people. There are wolves in sheep's clothing, aren't there? Yeah? Watch out. Watch out. Jesus says, watch out for wolves in sheep's clothing. Our job as elders of the church is to protect, one of of our roles is to protect you. And we do the best we can to do that. And one of the ways we do that is to protect you from harmful people who come into the community of God. Because not everyone is kind, and not everyone's intentions are good. Some people are just wicked and out to to rob you, steal you, abuse you, lead you into false teaching. It is a fact. And so our role as elders of the church, who puts people out of the church? It comes through the elders of the church in the end. And that's why about shepherds, like, like, you know, you think about um, shepherds, you think about David, King David. David was called the shepherd of Israel. And one of the things he talks about doing was killing the lion that came to take the, the, the lambs that he was looking after. And that was, pre- that was preparation for him becoming the shepherd of Israel. And it's like that with the church. As shepherds, one has to protect the people. And that's what we do as best we can. And it's not, it's not always easy. I mean, I'm not saying we always get it right, but we do the best we can. So let's just go through this in a bit more detail. See, the point I'm making is this. You are, if you're a Christian, a new creation. You are people of God. That's wonderful. But the culture can come in. Protect yourself protect one another. The elders will do the best to protect you as well. Most of the time that's one anothering. Sometimes that's escalated rarely where someone has to be put out of the church. That's, that's basically the point of what Paul is making here. 
And, um, but let's just go through a few, a few details. Your boasting is not good, it says in, in verses 6 and 7. Don't you know that a little yeast, so here I have some yeast, do you not know that a little yeast, now let's remember that in, I don't know much about this subject, okay, and I don't think you have to know much about this subject, you don't want a lecture, do you, on yeast and the fermentation of dough, I mean the person to ask is Graham Parkin, isn't it? your sourdough yeast and, you know, dough and all that. You know, he knows all about it. So if you want to know some actual facts, go and talk to Graham. But I do make bread quite regularly, particularly the lockdown. I've become a lockdown bread maker, you know? And, um, and I make pizza dough and things like that. And I quite enjoy it. But we use modern, modern day, in, in the New Testament, you would have used fermented dough. So you'd have kept a, a piece of dough back after each batch, then you'd put it into the next batch, and then that fermenta- fermented dough would act like yeast. Don't ask me if you're going to see I have, don't, don't really understand how it works. But this is modern-day yeast, dried yeast, nice and simple, nice and easy. You chuck a bit into your bread mix, your dough mix, and the little yeast wake up and start doing their business and the, the, the dough rises so that you have little bubbles within rather than a flat bread, yeah? Obviously, flat bread has no yeast in it, and that's the difference. Flat bread or leavened bread, one rises, one doesn't. And he says here, your boasting is not good. Do you not know that a little yeast, a little leaven, works through the whole batch of dough? And he's got in mind the idea of a piece of dough that rises, in other words, sin coming into the church spreads and causes the, the, the loaf to rise. So what happens is if we're not careful that if we allow sin, and I'm going to define a bit more what that means in a minute, if we allow attitudes and activities that are disobedient to God, we could say in summary, to enter into the church unchallenged, it will spread like yeast and cause the whole loaf to be infected. Everybody's life gets infected if sin is not checked. Fear spreads, gossip spreads, attitudes spread, prayerlessness spreads, Positively, faith spreads, love spreads, joy, prayerfulness, reading God's word spreads, the opposite also spreads. And you see it in a culture, you see it in a church. And so, do you not know? It spreads for the whole back. Get rid of the old yeast, therefore, so that you may be a new, unleavened batch, as you really are. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Therefore, let us keep the festival, not with the old bread, leavened with malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. So you've got this idea, this illustration, very simple illustration of this yeast working through the whole batch of dough. Sin coming in amongst us. He says, for our part, what, why should you not allow sin 
It says here, why should you not allow? It says, for Christ, our Passover lamb has been sacrificed. So the reason why we shouldn't let sin in is because Jesus has died for us. In other words, what he's saying is this. Why would you, as, a, as the people of God, as the people of God, he's died for you. He's forgiven you. He's given you new life. He's transformed you. Why would you allow the, the world to come in amongst you? Jesus has died for you. It's, the picture is this. The Passover. So he's talking about the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread. So the Passover, if you, you, may, you may not know what that means. Israel were in slavery in Egypt and they had to paint over their doors the blood of a lamb and therefore the judgment did not come upon the houses over which the blood was painted but came upon Egypt and it led to Israel having freedom from slavery. They were brought out of slavery. Brought out of slavery because of the blood of the lamb. And what Paul is saying is this. Why would you go back to the slavery of sin? Why would you want to let the destruction of sin into your lives? Why would you want to allow the destruction of addiction? Why would you want to allow the destruction of hatefulness? Why would you want to allow the destruction of divisiveness? Why would you want to allow the destruction of gossip? Why would you want to allow the destruction of these things into the church community when Jesus has set you free into joy and hope and love? Jesus has been sacrificed for you, for freedom. For freedom, he set you free. For freedom, he set you free. I remember when I was a teenager, we used to hang out with fr as friends, with a group of friends, and we used to um, smoke marijuana a lot. And what happened was this, and for you in the youth, I, I really think you should pay attention to this story, I know you are already, well done for sitting so well. It just shows you the destruction of what people consider to be, uh, that's nothing, that's nothing. See, the world, the culture around us would say, oh, that's nothing, oh, that's nothing. But what happened was one of our friends met someone who smoked marijuana. And he, he started getting involved in that. And then he, because leaven spreads, brought the idea of doing this to this to us and we therefore started doing this and other friends started joining us and doing this and it spreads but to cut a long story short I became a Christian thank goodness right so I I I came out of that slavery and that lifestyle and followed Jesus one particular friend I'll talk about died a couple of years ago, about the age of 45, 
of liver failure because he'd followed that route from this to that to this to that and he became an addict and died. It's not uncommon. It's about the little things that spread in our lives. Oh, this is nothing. This is nothing. The seeds spread. Leaven spreads. And, and this is what's happening here, you see. It's, it's like he's saying, to, do I want to go back to that lifestyle? Do I want to go back to that? Do I want to go back to that seedy lifestyle? Do I, want, it's, do I want to go back to hanging around in that way? Do I want to go back to wasting my time? Do I want to go back to wasting my mind? Do I want to go back to um, lacking ambition because I'm smoking marijuana? Do I want to go back to wasting God's gifts? No. You've been brought into freedom of Jesus. And I said to this friends what, a number of years ago, what, G, come on, I I've come to believe in Jesus, he loves you, he wants you to be free, he wants you to know him, and, and so on. And he said, oh, perhaps when I get old, I might do that. He never got old. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to receive Jesus, the Passover lamb, who has died for your freedom. He's died for your freedom. Jesus gives freedom, not slavery. Whatever he says brings freedom and health. Not bondage. And to the extent that any one of us here will listen to God's word, will put it into practice, will follow him, you'll have freedom and joy rather than bondage. So let me encourage you, friends. Let's walk with Jesus. Let's have freedom. Let's have a community that's joyful and united, loving, patient, kind, growing. Let's not go back to the old leaven, as it talks about here, allowing sin amongst us. I've probably said enough, actually. When the band come up, So let me just ask a few questions as we finish. Jem mentioned it, but the only way we can encourage each other when about the, about the yeast that's come, of sin that's coming into our lives is if we are in close relationships. I've cut, I don't know if I completely believe this, but I actually think if you want to actually change, you, you should share that with a friend. I, what my experience of life is this, that if you actually want to change something, so, so, so you, say you're struggling with fear, or say you're struggling with pornography, which is a form of sexual sin, right? Or you're struggling with temptation in some way. I actually think 
If you are actually serious about changing, you should share that with someone. Share it with a friend. Because I found that there is power when you share with a friend. Has anybody else, else experienced that? Has anybody else experienced that yet? Like, if you actually want to change, overcome the shame because Jesus forgives you. Share with a friend and you'll find power. Power in that. I don't know why. It's just the case. So if you actually want to... This is, and what Jen was talking about was being in a community group. Let me encourage you to get in a community group. So you are close enough to people so you can share your life and be encouraged and be challenged. Are you allowing sinful yeast into your life? And the Holy Spirit will reveal that to you. It's, it's I mean, we live in a, it's called the information age and it's really good, but it's also really challenging, right? You can just open up your laptop and look at any images you want to. That is, that is dangerous. That is dangerous. So, are you allowing any yeast into your life? If you are, let me again say to you, share it with a friend. It's really powerful. And you'll find that friend has struggled with the same stuff most of the time. Do you have a friend? that you need to confront about their sin. And this takes love and courage. Love and courage. It talks here about, about not eating with people and so on. And that can mean lots of things. But let me just say for the purposes of this morning, that if you've got a friend who calls themselves a Christian who is in sin or heading towards it, you need to talk to them. You need to say, can I have a conversation with you about, don't necessarily talk, can I have a conversation with you? And you say something like this, I love you, what I'm going to say may hurt you, but I love you. So I've noticed that you are gossiping a lot, or I noticed that you are being negative about, duh, duh, duh. Am I, how do you feel about that? What do you think? It doesn't always go well. That's why you have to have courage and love, right? But do the best you can, guys. Do you understand that there are times when elders need to put people out of the church because they are destructive and divisive? I want you to go away. I want you to understand that is the case from time to time. And you may, it may not happen here, I trust it won't, but when you go to another church or whatever, let's understand that is part of a healthy church. Okay? So make sure that teaching sticks with you today. And do you finally understand your identity? You are, it says here, you are a new batch. You are pure. You are forgiven. You are holy. You are a new creation. You are all these things in Christ. You are free. From that identity, from that identity, don't, don't go back to the old life. Don't go back to Egypt. 
Don't go back to slavery. Don't go back to destruction. Don't go back to those things. Amen. Thanks for listening. We're going to worship together now.